everyone, and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I'm your host. And today, we're holding, a, excuse me, we're holding, I can't talk for nothing. Anyway, we're hosting another special remote episode via Zoom. Okay, we're here with a local small business owner, entrepreneur that does wood carving and all that kind of good stuff. Okay, we have from Lifted Woodworks. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Daniel. I'm here uh, with Lifted Woodworks. Hello. Do you want me to just go ahead and go into my description and everything? Yes. If you can go ahead and please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Sure. So I am. um, I'm a one man shop. So I um, I create custom. pieces of, uh, I would call them functional art for uh, smokers, vapors. Um, I do a lot of regular different woodworking, but that's um, the focus of this. So it's really, it's a, a, a kind of a mix of like machine and handwork. Um, that's about, that's about it. Excellent. Excellent, man. So how did you first get started working in this field? So, um, I really, I, I started woodworking when I was a kid. Uh, I I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. My dad wasn't around, so um, I spent a lot of time with them. And, and almost every weekend, we would make something. And uh, a lot of times, it was just for fun. But um, some of the stuff that we made was, like, stuff we really needed. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. And so throughout my life, you know, I'm one of those people that will look at something and, and I'll be like, no, I'm going to make that. I don't need to buy that. And um, that's kind of where it started. Uh, and then, uh, of course, over time, I needed different tools to do different things. And eventually, I've got a whole shop and I'm um, making stuff for people. So um, I've been making things my entire life. This just happened to be the uh, media, I guess, that stuck. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. So what is it about the media, the medium and, uh, of using wood that you enjoy so much, you know, of all the mediums you could use? I, I'm kind of one of those like, uh, natural, like hippie type people where I I love the fact that it's like, it's natural. It comes from the planet we're going to like do something with it. You know, it grew for a while. We're going to do something with it. Eventually, it's going to go back, you know, uh, it'll, you know, years and years down the line, it's going to end up rotting away and becoming, you know, whatever dirt again. So I love the, uh, the kind of circle of it, but I, I also love that, you know, during our lifetime, it's really, it's, it's something that's pretty permanent during our lifetime anyway. So, uh, it's not just another disposable thing that I can get at Walmart. Yeah, that's true. It is a recyclable organic material that doesn't seem to go away. It somehow will die and come back to life. And that's a whole long discussion (laughs) for another day. (laughs) So when did you first found Lifted Woodworks? So I really, I didn't start this until um, probably late last year or the beginning of this year. Um, I, I started the sort of like parent company, I guess I would call it, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic. That's when I first started to sell woodworking. Um, but everybody kept asking me to make trays and that kind of didn't line up with my other thing. So I separated it off and that's when I, I started this. And, and um, 
you know, even to this day, it's not a lot of, um, I have an Etsy shop, I have a website, but most of it is through Instagram. Uh, people reaching out for, you know, random custom pieces and uh, work with a couple of companies and things like that, but, um, but not even a full year old yet. Wow, that's impressive. So, and you just using the resources that are available to you now in the 21st century, you know, and reaching people even outside of Texas, I'm sure. Yeah, mostly outside of Texas, honestly. Um, I've, I, you know, I, I, um, I'll use Discord and uh, I've met people through Instagram and it kind of spread that way. I haven't ever even done any advertising yet. Um, so it's been, you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm making a ton of money off of it, but I'm having fun with it and uh, making a lot of cool custom ones. So Nice, nice. <laughs> and so what is a brief... Oh, wait, I skipped a question. Just kidding. Uh, so you can tell us a little bit more about what kind of uh, services that you specialize in in the wood carving area. Sure. So um, I have a CNC machine. So it's... Um, it's a lot, it's kind of a, it's not really new technology, but it's different. Um, it's, a kind of half computer, half, half wood, you know, so I can, uh, basically I can go in and do my design and I can, um, CNC carve it. And, uh, I, I like it because I can do a lot more intricate details than I could do by hand. Uh, a lot of the stuff, you know, you can do by hand, but, I can get an exact, you know, detail on there. Um, and on top of that, it's, it's, uh, nice to be able to be working on one thing while the machine has got my other, uh, project going. So that's one of the big things right now is, um, is those trays that, that that's my biggest kind of specialty with this is, uh, is different trays. So it's, it's really a lot of the same, design of tray but um the, my favorite thing is just taking logos or different graphics that people make um a couple of the ones that i have out on instagram some of my friends have sent me you know and just said hey uh, could you do this on a tray and and so um i, I like to do kind of weird complicated stuff like that excellent excellent so, um, yeah, on your website, you also mentioned that you use a lot of different kind of woods that you work with. So is there uh, any special reason why you use different kind of woods for different projects? Sure. So the first thing, honestly, um, when I first got into this, I was just out there every time I'd see an interesting piece of wood, I was like, I gotta have some of that, I have to have some of that. But um, over the years, I kind of noticed that as I was talking to people and I asked what type of wood, they'd say either light or dark. And, um, you know, they didn't really, unless you're a woodworker, like into that kind of thing, you're not, you don't know all these different names of things. So I, I whittled it down based on a couple of different things. Um, first it was, it, you know, I had to be able to get a hold of it all the time. Um, but mostly, uh, the biggest thing here, and this is like, I'm not trying to go south or anything but a lot of that a lot of the wood industry out there is just terrible uh it's like illegal logging you know all that kind of stuff so i make sure that i get my stuff responsibly you know i, I actually get it out of uh, it's south carolina where i get it because i know that that place is is very picky about what they use um and so that kind of cuts out a lot of those exotics and stuff that you you can find because they're not 
you know, usually doing that so responsibly. So I'll use a few things here and there if I can find it. But the biggest thing is, you know, how was it? How did you get it? You know, I, I don't want to um, push that industry along anymore. But um, secondly, a lot of wood is actually toxic and people don't know that uh, or think about it. But, you know, you have to think about these trees are just, just giants in nature and they are like living for, you know, 60, 80, 100 years. Something keeps them from being killed by the competition. And so most of them have some sort of chemical or something that is toxic. Um, but so you don't want to use certain things on like things that are going to be um, near or around people consuming or anything like that. So that's the big thing with my uh, trays or even in my other stuff, cutting boards, things like that is, is, is it safe? You know, like I can make something that looks awesome, but if you chop into it and a little splinter gets into your finger, is it going to like, you know, be a problem? So um, that's one, those are the two big things. The third one is kind of selfish. Um, sometimes wood is, is hard to work with because uh, some of those woods, you, you know, you, you have softwood and hardwood. Some of these woods are really hard to where they're breaking tools. You know, it's like, it's just, it's hard to work with. Um, so there's like a happy medium in there between something that's going to fall apart and then something that is, is like concrete basically. And those are the three kind of ways that I pick it. Um, but I use a lot of cherry, walnut, and uh, maple. And, and I can use other things or combinations, um, but those are usually what people want. And those are the things uh, we as, you know, consumers, we don't think about is like, oh, you know, I'm going to get this cutting board or this tray because I think it's pretty. And then you don't realize that, well, maybe the material isn't going to last or it could be toxic. So I appreciate that, you know, you do your diligence in making sure that, you know, safety is coming with the quality. Definitely. Excellent. Excellent. So can you give us a brief, I know this is kind of a vague question, but can you give us a brief explanation of what the creative process is like? Sure. Um, so I, I wrote this all down. And I realized it wasn't such a brief explanation. <laughs> I wrote it down. Um, so really depending on where, where I start, um, if somebody just wants a plain tray, which does happen sometimes, you know, I have the template, I can go out and I can make one in, in you know, a couple of steps, just carving it and sanding it and finishing it. It's done. But um, a lot of the times uh, people just send me like a JPEG picture or something or a fuzzy like, you know, graphic or something. And so I'll have to, uh, a lot of the times I have to go in and do quite a bit of graphic work with that um, to make it something that I can carve. Uh, that's where I would say the majority of my time is spent when when I'm making these custom pieces because uh, they're all going to be so different and it's kind of a one-off, so I can't use the same one as before. Um, and so beyond that, you know, once I get that graphic carvable and everything, uh, I can carve it pretty quick, but uh, depending on how many colors, um, I, I, it's not uncommon for one to take, you know, maybe five, six, seven days even, um, because I'll have those resins that they take about eight hours to, to dry and cure each step. So if I need to use 10 colors, that's, you know, 80 hours almost that I've probably got waiting in that. Um, 
So it's a, it's not a lot of like you know always hands on time, but it's a lot of wait time sometimes. Um, but from there, once it comes out of the machine, that's uh, there's a lot of you know in the like kind of woodworking community. There's a lot of like trash talk about CNC machines and how it's doing everything for you, but it really doesn't. Um, it leaves it kind of nasty marks all over the place and. Um, so there's a lot of hand finishing too. And I am literally over here with a couple of, you know, sanders and a couple of blocks and sandpaper. And, uh, that's where, you know, beyond the, the resin, that's the longest part of the process. And, uh, for implementing the design, like I saw some, some of your pictures online, is it actually like a nail that's like digging through it or like carving it out? Yep. Yeah, so it's uh, I'll use a couple of different bits that um, that I you know that I'm working with, and it's um, if you've ever seen like a trim router, it's like a little machine that'll put like an edge on wood, basically. So this CNC is just um, one of those routers operate by a computer. So it it has you know there's a couple of bits, one that's like flat to kind of pocket it out, and then there's one that's like a point, like a really fine like thirty degree point. And that's where I get um, that fine detail in there. They're pretty small. Some of the bits that I use are pretty small. Um, but it's fun to work with them, though, because, you know, you could never get that that level of detail with uh, just hands and a router. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, really impressive. And uh, I remember the term CNC machinist because I used to work at HCC for a couple of years. And that was a part of the machine program as well. So I know what you do is very complicated. <laughs> I've been in, I've loved to do, uh, you know, computer stuff my whole life, like my, in my website and all that. I made those and, um, you know, in like a past life, I guess I would say it is I was uh, into like web design and web development and stuff. So that's what I used to do when I was younger. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I like I like the computer stuff. And and bless your heart, just like with us engineers, when we get bad um, beat tracks, you have to redo the graphic tracks. Bless your heart. Oh, you know what's funny is I I have your tray uh, here, and I was I actually this is the second one I made because I kept I messed up on the. Uh, it was like the dots were so fine that um, I kept messing, like my machine was off just a tiny little bit. And so it would get to those really fine dots and it would skip and like go to the other side. So I, sometimes it's like that, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta redo it. I'm, I'm pretty uh, picky about stuff that I let, let out the door. So I will sometimes redo it a couple of times if, if the machine is messing up on me or I need to adjust something. Um, it, it happens. Oh my God. I, I don't even want to imagine what your troubleshooting list looks like when it, your machine starts messing up. Uh-uh. I don't envy you. I don't envy you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you kind of already told us earlier about how long the uh, process takes, you know, it could depend because the resin is, you say the resin would take the most hurry up and wait portion of the process because it has to dry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. It takes quite a bit. Um, 
you know, aside from that, the like kind of part that takes the longest is just the sanding and, um, that part will take the longest, especially if I choose one of those harder, like the harder the wood, the longer it's going to take me to sand those lines out of it. Um, so it just depends, but, uh, usually probably about 45 minutes to an hour, like per tray of just sanding. Oh my God. Oh my God. No. I just put my headphones in. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of music. Um, and, and I just kind of keep myself occupied and it's, it's almost, you know, it's all like my stepdad always said that his like side thing was like therapy and I get it. Um, because it's like, I'll be out there after a long, like regular work day. Um, and I've got my headphones on and I can just kind of go at it for a while and zone out. Um, so I get it. It is, you know, it is a lot of work, but I like it and it's, it's relaxing at the same time, you know? So do you try to do just one project like a week or in a certain amount of time or? Um, it really depends because, you know, it, it like some, some weeks I'm really busy at, at my regular job and I, or maybe I just don't have any orders, you know, at the time, but um, I do try and make like a couple of one-off designs. Like every once in a while, I'll just randomly think of a few and I'll put them out there. Um, there's a few that I, I made recently because I, I went to a show um, and I was a, a vendor at one of those shows. And um, so there's a couple of like, you know, astronaut ones and things like that. So I'll make some, some cool stuff like that every once in a while. I've got a few more um, that I'm going to try and get done this weekend. I've got a bunch of trays that I have to make this weekend, but um, try and get a couple more out there. I try and put a few of those like cool random designs out, you know, at least once a month or two times a month, something like that. Okay. Okay. Right on. Right on, man. So what would you say is one of the most tedious parts about the creating process besides the waiting, the hurry up and wait, of course? The sanding, for sure. Um, the sanding is, wood is funny. Um, you know, it's it's all like, it doesn't look like it, but it's basically just a bunch of little straws laid out next to each other. And so as you're sanding it, you're pressing it all down and compressing it. You get it, it looks really good. And then as soon as that fiber like stands back up again, it looks gross again. Oh, no. uh, it's all fuzzy and stuff. And that's just how wood works. So like if somebody doesn't know, you know, they're, they'll go and sand it and everything and then they'll go and put the oil on it and that oil will pop the grain and it'll make it all fuzzy again. Um, and so it's like a lot of steps, like you have to, to make, you have to pop the grain and then re-sand it again so that that doesn't keep happening. Um, it's, you know, it, but again, it's one of those things It does take a long time and it is tedious, but, um, uh, I put my headphones in and I just, I kind of have fun with it anyways. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, your final products are, you know, immaculate looking like, you know, not a split, like you said, hair out of place kind of thing, but, uh, Thank you. you're welcome. Uh, do you try to make sure like, you know, do you like, do you have a fan going in or you try to make sure there's like no wind or nothing like that, that can cause it to keep, you know, <laughs> um, so I, I do, I have like a lot of dust collectors. Um, so I, you know, by the, by the CNC machine, I have one. And then there's one on the front side of my shop. That's like a giant turbo basically that, you know, I, I try and keep dust to a minimum. Um, but 
what I've, you know, with, with the finish that I use and I, I, I mentioned it in one of the other questions. I can't remember what it was, um, but the finish I use, I do it inside um, because I, I literally, I finished these in my kitchen mm-hmm. because I use the same um, finish that I'll use on my cutting boards. And so it's not, um, it's one of those things that's very forgiving. Like if you've ever used a cutting board oil or a wax, uh, I make this wax too. So, you know, I, I, and that's one of the things about it. I know I, I meant to mention my other one, but I'm, I make the wax because uh, I know that it's food safe. So I get this beeswax literally from a bee farmer. And it, and it's like, you know, it's not like refined or anything. I get mineral oil um, and then I can make this wax and it lasts for so long. But it's awesome too because it's not one of those things like paint where if you like you know, you're painting and like a bug lands in it or like something falls into it, it's going to ruin it. It's, it's pretty forgiving. Uh, But that's another, another thing about, um, you know, these, these trays over other kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's all natural. It's all organic. So. Oh yes. And I mean, beeswax is pretty much good for everything. Like, oh, and I forgot, I forgot to mention, I do, so I know, and I, I was, I was a vegetarian for like three years, me and my wife went vegetarian for like three years, so I know that uh, some people don't want to use beeswax, and I, I do actually, I have a, a fully vegan option too, um, <laughs> I've never been asked for it, but I just want to put it out there that I did make one, and so I do have, a, you know, a fully vegan option too, if anybody's ever interested in something like that that's just uh something they've got to ask for nobody's ever asked me that i thought they would at some point oh i'm sure they will now they probably just didn't realize but now that you mentioned it to us i'm sure you're going to get a lot more requests (laughs) (laughs) and so what would you say is the best way for the consumer to clean and maintain their creation because you know with wood where you don't want it to morph stain Definitely. And so I, I'm, I've played around with the thicknesses on these things quite a bit, um, to where they, they shouldn't have any warping issues, even if you do get them wet. Um, now I wouldn't, you know, put it in a sink full of water and let it like soak or anything. But if, if say like something got on it and you needed to like, you know, get a paper towel with water or something and like wipe it off. It's not going to hurt it at all. Um, and so that's kind of how I clean them too is, is with a, you know, like a cloth and some water or whatever, you can even use a little bit of soap, but just make sure that when you're, you know, if you get it wet and it's like, you can feel it's still wet when you're done, just prop it up and like, let it dry out. And then just, um, same thing with that cutting board oil, um, I don't right now, but it is one, it's something that I'm going to offer like containers of in the future. Um, okay. Nice. Cause it, it really, it's easy to make a lot of it and it's not expensive, but you can't really find it out there. Uh, this, this wax that I make, it's not something I made up or anything, but it's really good. And it's, it's not something you can easily get a hold of. So. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure you're sure. Yeah. Like I, I don't recall, excuse me. I don't recall seeing that um, in the store either, you know, so that's it's usually um, it's usually the liquids that they tend to sell. And those are fine. I just think the the wax, it 
it's that extra kind of protection and it keeps it from like maybe if you get it sitting on a table and somebody spills something and uh, somebody's soda goes pouring into the side of your tray or something, um, that beeswax, it's that extra, you know, waxy layer to kind of keep it protected. So it's not completely waterproof, but definitely resistant compared to just uh, like a clear coat or something like that. Yeah, definitely you would want to protect something like that, especially like a one-of-a-kind creation, you know? Definitely. And so based on your experience, what is the benefit of using, oh, you kind of explained this a little bit about using, oh, no, I just can't read, never mind. (laughs) So based on your experience, what would you say is the benefit of using wood versus plastic for uh, the wood trays and for the cutting board? So um, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, it being natural. And I, I think as a, like society in general, I think we have a massive plastic problem out there. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't want to contribute to it much more than I already have. You know, all of us have been, anybody that lives in the nineties um, did bottled water like so bad. So, you know, but on top of that, even uh, plastic is gross after a while. Like you can't have, you know, they say like, oh, this lasts forever, but it, you have a Tupperware or something that you've washed a bunch of times. Like they get gross. Um, and and I just, I don't know. I We've all, maybe we've all, maybe not all of us have had plastic trays or things like that. They get scraped up. Where's that plastic going um, when it's getting scraped up or chipping off and everything? Um, and it just, you know, it doesn't look nice. It doesn't feel nice. And it's a big problem overall. So I just think um, something like, you know, you could use one of these your entire life and then maybe like it, you know, falls on the ground or something later. It's not just going to sit there forever. You know, um, it's not going to gonna be some trash island in the middle of the ocean or whatever. So I, I think that that's a big thing. Um with society and all of us in general, it's so easy to go out and get a plastic anything, um, but it's not going to last forever for, for our purpose, but then it is going to last forever when we throw it away. Um, so that's the main thing, I think, is wood, it just looks better. It feels like warmer in the, in the first place, you know, and it's, it's just nicer overall. Agreed. You know, like, um, you know, I imagine, you know, uh, wood carving boards and trays, you know, when you're cooking, you know, for Thanksgiving or, you know, whatever kind of family meal, you know, plastic is kind of like, oh, so we weren't special. Like, oh, you just got the plastic out. Okay, fine. Like, (laughs) so next question is kind of a hot topic. But uh, since the legalization of CBD, uh, have you noticed uh, that um, there's been an inflection in sales or is there any kind of regulations you need to practice um, to maintain that, you know, you don't get red flagged for some reason as being, you know, as working outside of uh, the legal terms? Yeah. Um, so I definitely... I've, you know, I've thought about it for sure. And, um, one of the things was I wanted at one point, I wanted to like, I want, and I still do want to do this. I'm just not sure how I will is, uh, I want to like gather pictures of people using these things and, and and things like that, you know? Um, but I don't know exactly how to, how to deal with that so far just yet. 
So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, stay outside of that whole thing. I de- I've seen a lot of people, like, vendors with CBD and things like that. Um, and I'm, I want to work with them for sure. Um, but I, I don't want to get involved in any of that, um, you know, <laughs> any of where they have to, like, consider whether it's legal or not, you know. I, uh, I don't want to take my chances there, so... I, you know, I'll make this stuff and if they want their logos on it, things like that, I'm happy to work with them. I've worked with a lot of people in those legal states. Um, so, you know, I, I get it. It's different everywhere. So you kind of got to work with it however it is. Yes, understandable. Um, to my knowledge, you know, even, you know, in the legal states, there's a lot of, you know, paperwork and permits involved for opening up shops and things of that nature. So it sounds kind of like a headache. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I've tried to work with a lot of uh, head shops or smoke shops, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they're all, you know, nobody wants to buy them at that price is what they're, you know, nobody wants to do the. They don't basically, they don't want to work with it unless they are going to make a ton of money off of it. Um, but I did actually, I'm working with this place, um, in California that is called uh, growers workshop. And they're going to be listing like a specific tray, um, that I make with their logo on it on their website for a hundred bucks. Uh, they're going to be selling them for a hundred dollars because that's their specific thing. And I can't, I'm not going to make it for anybody else, but, um, and you know, I sell them that size. Normally I sell them for like 60 or 65 and it is a lot, but that's the thing. It's not going to like, it's not like a crappy little metal tray that you're going to like throw in a drawer or something down the line. And you know, it's, um, it's not just like another piece of plastic that you didn't ask for. It's like an extra little thing that came in a package. And so I, I would love to work with some smoke shops around here, but uh, you know, it, it just depends. I guess I got to find the right ones that are willing to, to kind of look outside the box. And, you know, I think, a lot of that is they're looking at, you know, who is normally coming in there and, and maybe that's not necessarily who it's for, you know, maybe this is for um, maybe like the more (laughs) discerning smoker or whatever. I'm not sure, but I know that it's not for everybody for sure. But um, for me, you know, I'll make the trays and uh, whoever wants them, I'm happy to work with them on it. But um, I get it if they, you know, also are like, I don't want to do this because it's kind of expensive. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of um, still a lot of uh, hoops involved and red tape, unfortunately. But, you know, I think you the way that you got your setup, you know, established your website and everything and even your prices, everything seems very reasonable, you know. And, uh, you know, applicable to anybody, you know, it's not just advocating for one thing. It's for, like you said, if you like the service, here it is. Definitely. (laughs) And so without releasing too much sensitive info, have you noticed that there is any people like that were placing orders saying, you know, some people not saying myself don't like their medicine in a pill format, you know? (laughs) So maybe they might ask, I need an order because my medicine is not a pill format. Have you noticed any kind of request like that? Um, Definitely. I, you know, I, 
I think overall, uh, especially being like a '90s kid, I guess like there is just such there was such a negative stigma, and even though like I like personally have never like felt that way, I also still like you know it's like are these people out there doing anything wrong? Like because that's what we like grew up on, you know. It was like so demonized, and so I think um, that people are becoming a lot more open minded about it. Um, you know, it's been legalized in certain parts of the country for over a decade now. It's crazy that it's still not everywhere, but um, but definitely, like, people are looking at it as, like, a medication now compared to when, you know, back in the 90s when it was just, like, it was what it was. Like, people can go for specific things, and I know people that specifically they're like this is literally the only thing that touches their, like, epilepsy or, or whatever. Even the medications that they were on that they were paying, you know, hundreds of dollars for weren't doing that. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't have anything, I haven't had anything like, um, specific, like pop up outside of that. But I think in general, people are definitely looking at it as a, you know, a medicine these days over what it was in the nineties, like a negative. Indeed. Indeed. And, um, here in Texas, you know, now we're starting to see, um, Certain select physicians offer medical CBD, which is great. You know, that is a step in the right direction. But, you know, number one, and I'm going to say it, fuck cancer. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, If giving somebody a high five is going to save their life, do it. If CBD medicinal through your uh, providers, do it. Whatever, you know. But don't deny somebody medicine. Well, and, and beyond that, that's a big one, you know, but even beyond that, there's people out there every day that that just cannot handle public. Mm-hmm. They can't, they, you know, I, I have friends and family who were paramedics, um, you know, and not saying they can't handle public, but I'm saying that they, they, they came away with some trauma and like people are using this as like, PTSD treatment, um, you know, they're using it for anxiety. I've, you know, they're using it for pain. It's for like everything at this point, you know, people are, are very open to that. I think. Indeed. You know, uh, again, talk to your doctor. We're not physicians here, you know, talk yeah, to your doctor, follow sure. their rules and guidelines. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, you know, don't, don't shut the door on somebody that needs help. And I like that you're offering your help and however you can. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I, I'm never, I'm never going to go out and, and tell anybody like, Hey, buy these trays and then uh, get this. And that's going to fix all your anxiety. Um, definitely, you know, work, work with, uh, you know, do your own research for sure on that, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's definitely, you know, there are options out there for sure. Indeed, indeed. You know, just like using wood versus plastic, you know, do your research on it and learn some things. And so I have to ask, dealing with a CNC machine, even if you're not hands-on entirely, have you ever had any close encounters and, heaven forbid, accidents working with any kind of wood carving uh, creation? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I do have all my fingers still. So I think that's pretty good as a woodworker. Um, but 
a lot of times it's, it's usually like the silly stuff. Like you're getting used to doing something over and over again and you are being maybe like complacent about it a little bit. Um, and my kind of thing with that is sanding. Um, I'll, you know, I use a couple of like power sanders at the same time. A lot of it is by hand, but some of it is, you know, machine too. So, uh, when I am using those sanding machines, every once in a while I'll catch my finger or something on it because, uh, you know, these trays, you know, they're not thin, but they're, you know, it's, I'm pretty close to the machine whenever it's happening. Um, so every once in a while it happened, the worst is like a fingernail or something. And it's not that it even really like hurts. It's that it just leaves your fingernail all jagged and gross for a while. So, but, um, but I've never, with the CNC machine, I've never actually hurt myself on that, thankfully. Uh, it's pretty pretty good. It, you know, it turns itself off when it stops moving and everything. But um, but saws and, and sanders and things like that, I've had pretty close encounters with with all of them. So you got to be, you got to be careful with this thing. It's like everything though. You know, if you like start getting too used to it, getting too comfortable and then you stop paying attention, you know, bad stuff can happen. So. Oh, I would have to change my pants if I lost, um, you know, something, um, you know, just, just the thought of like, Oh no, no, thank you. (laughs) And so, do you have any plans to try to do any kind of events, you know, pop-up events or something like that to promote your business in the future? So I love doing events, um, but there just haven't been a lot of opportunities. I think, you know, within the last couple of years, especially, but, um, yeah, I went to three this year, um, which isn't a lot. We, I went to two of them where, um, one of my friends uh, is Davian with Tend to Get In, um, and so he he invited me out to a couple of them, and then we met another person at one of his events that was running an event. Um, it was a We the People, I think, mm-hmm. and so I was a vendor out at one of their shows too. So I like doing those shows, and honestly, it's like I, I haven't ever um, made a ton of money vending out. I, I just like to go hang out with my friends, you know, so it's, um, I'll go hang out um, and, you know, talk to a bunch of people, get a couple of Instagram follows and, and just hang out. Um, so I, I do plan to do more. I just don't know when. I don't have anything uh, in the immediate plans, but um, I'm sure it will come up and I'll be out there. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I've been to a couple of uh, art art pop-ups and things like that, you know, and I understand. I, I've seen my my painter friend set up, and I've seen how much work is involved, you know, for you guys to maybe sell three pieces if it's not a busy day. Like, if it's not on the weekend, it's not worth doing the pop-up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I like to go out and, you know, people ask me questions about it and, um I get a lot of requests for like custom stuff out there. So, you know, I do get some stuff from it, um, but I, I sell a lot on Instagram. People see it on Instagram and they'll message me. Um, And I haven't, I have an Etsy shop opened up too, just because it's, you know, some people like Etsy. So Mm -hmm. um, there's not as much on there as on my website, but uh, when I go out, it's usually kind of fun because honestly a lot of the stuff when I go out I'm making this stuff like right before I go out and so sometimes you'll catch me out and I haven't listed it or anything yet and it'll be you know kind of a one-off 
thing that isn't going to be made again usually. So um, that's what I like about the local stuff. But uh, hopefully get some more chances to do that this this year. Excellent. Excellent, man. And I look forward to it, man. I love going out to those kind of uh, pop-up events with local vendors and small businesses, you know, because it's stuff, usually handcrafted stuff you don't get to see anywhere else. Definitely. And there's just not as, you know, I think that's a big thing about it is there should be more of these like small business events because there's so much um, like, you know, corporate stuff out there. And it's, you know, there's no, there's nowhere even around Houston, like my area, I live in kind of the spring area. And when I moved here forever ago, like, it, you know, like 15 something, maybe 16 years ago, maybe longer now, I don't know. Uh, it was like empty. But now it's like, you know, the same pile of shops everywhere. It's always like Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, all those different shops. Um, but there's not enough of these little events and stuff. So I like, I definitely like going out and seeing what everybody's doing. And usually there's some like awesome food there too. You got to have that. So. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Okay. For real. <laughs> I forget what was at that. We, the people one, but it was like tacos and they were so good. Uh, they had like a flat top grill right outside the door. So you could just walk out and order tacos. Oh, oh, taco trucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Only in Houston, though. I, you know, I didn't grow up here and uh, and I didn't see that until I moved here. And, it, you know, now there's food trucks everywhere. But I think that it started here. <laughs> it had to have. Yeah. Yeah. And taco trucks. I mean, it could be any time of the day or night and you're going to run into the taco truck. Definitely. <laughs> Somewhere there is a taco truck happening. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Definitely. I, I really appreciate the the, uh, the shout outs and the time. It was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. And I know uh, we had a little connection issue in the beginning, but we resolved it. So I'm glad. And thank you for working with us to make it happen. No worries. So do you have any last little bit of advice for the listeners? Um, so I, I think that this is going to sound cheesy no matter where, which way I put it, but um, I just want to say, you know, like everybody's doing their day job thing out there. And um, this is like a silly, like kind of quote thing that kind of stuck with me. I read this forever ago um, and it's, it's the rock. Okay. It's Dwayne Johnson. It's, it makes it even cheesier. But um, what he said was don't work eight hours for a company, then go home and not work on your own goals. You're not tired. You're uninspired. Um, and like that always kind of, kind of hit me and like stuck with me. And so, you know, uh, we're all tired. We're all having a time out here right now. It's hard times. Um, but like, come home, do your stuff, like do something, um, whether that's making something, you know, I have friends that, that are, uh, music artists. They, uh, and I've got other friends that are running their own things. Um, so like do what, you know, that's like one thing that I learned in adulthood that like helped me out is like, do something with whatever you love, like whether that's making money or not, like get it out there and do it um, and do something that you like, even if you you know, only have a couple hours a day to do it. Okay. I mean, like, 
You, you heard it from the man yourself, okay? Spend time doing what you love. Don't worry about the reward because the reward is that you're doing something that you love. Period. Okay? So where can, what is the best way to get orders for one of these beautiful creations? Um, so right now, um, my website, it does have some like pre-made on there. I am working on a custom order page. Um, but up until that point, you know, if you're interested in anything, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's just at Lifted Woodworks and um, shoot me a message. I'm usually pretty good about getting back to you and um, and we can, you know, work through text or whatever that we need to to uh, get it done. But um, you can find me on Etsy. You can message me, um, you know, on Instagram or uh, send me an email through the website. All right. So you heard it from him. You can find him again on Instagram at Lifted Woodworks. Okay. And don't be shy. Christmas is right around the corner. Okay. You, you, you won't. Yeah. Nothing says I love you like a handcrafted piece of art. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.